The full power of the gospel of Jesus Christ is contained in the Book of Mormon, period. And the Book of Mormon is replete with examples of disciples and prophets who knew and understood and were transformed by the enabling power of the atonement. Remember this declaration by Jesus himself. Whoso treasureth up my word shall not be deceived. And in the last days, neither your heart nor your faith will fail you. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 54 of the Book of Mormon podcast. This is Shelby here, and I have Kevin here too, but we also have some guests today, and we're excited. We have the elders on that are serving in Arlington Six Ward right now in the, what is it, Texas Fort Worth Mission? Yeah, the Texas Fort Worth Mission. Yeah. So they're here, and they're excited, and do y'all want to introduce yourselves? Love it. Whoever wants to go first. Sure. <laughs> um, I'm Elder Bullock. Uh, I'm from Akron, Ohio. I was reassigned here from, so I was reassigned here to Fourth Mission. Uh, originally, my assignment was to go to Mozambique, Maputo, Portuguese speaking. Mm -hmm. um, so currently, I'm here uh, with some other missionaries too who are waiting to go back out to the original assignment. Um, and are you liking Texas so far? I am liking Texas. It's a little <laughs> different than I expected. I'm not like Ohio, but I still really like it. Nice. Well, we're happy to have you. Um, I'm Elder Kapner. I'm from Layton, Utah. Um, I was originally serving in Colombia, Medellin. Um, El mejor Mission in El Mundo. Um, Can't wait, no. <laughs> yeah, and I've been out for a year plus. <laughs> humble, <Cool>. humble. <laughs> anyway, we got we got the elders here, and we're happy to have them. And they're gonna. We thought it was very fitting. Well, Kevin thought it was very fitting because that it was Second Nephi chapter th thirty-one because all about baptism. So. We thought, why not? Right now, the elders on. Woo. And that's, you know, that's the commission of uh, full-time missionaries, right? Is to go out and find, teach, and baptize people. So. Absolutely. Especially with all of this <laughs> weird stuff with Corona where we're not right. knocking doors. It's a lot more online. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And that kind of fits into the role now. It's nice. Well, Kev, why don't you do the honors? <laughs> So we last week we finished chapters 29 and 30 of Second Nephi. And, you know, that was those chapters are all about the Book of Mormon, the coming forth and and almost uh, why why we need the Book of Mormon. And then it's interesting that the next chapter in, in this chapter that we're discussing today, chapter 31, Nephi comes back in and he starts explaining some of the, the doctrinal points of that, that's going to be so like important in the restoration. Of course, 
it's been important for all time, but especially when there has become so much confusion in the world um, due to apostasy, it's like this chapter is going to be uh, very uh, telling. It's going to be comprehensive for people to explain, like, like I said, the, the finer points of the doctrine, or as he calls it, the doctrine of Christ. And of course, as everyone at this table has served a full-time mission or is serving a full-time mission, we know exactly what the doctrine of Christ is, right? Mm -hmm. And so it, that's, that's something that is laid out very plainly in this chapter. Um, before we got talking today, Elder Bullock, you talked about the plainness of this chapter and something that Shelby and I do now, <laughs> because for a long time, I'd ask like halfway through the week or something as we're preparing for a podcast episode with, you know, a chapter from the Book of Mormon. I'd ask her like, hey, what, what do you think so far about this chapter that we're going to discuss? And she'd just say, oh, it's just so simple. <laughs> it's so plain, you know? And so now that's kind of like, it's a running joke, but it's become more and more true as we've recorded more of these podcasts that every chapter of the Book of Mormon is just so plain and precious and simple. And this one is for sure, like very simple. Uh, Nephi definitely keeps it real simple. So um, let's just go ahead and dive in. That's as, what I was waiting <laughs> for, the dive in. <laughs> so Shelby, will you start us off in like, where are we gonna start? So I think, I mean, verse one, he's just talking about um, how he can only write a few things, um, but he begins to talk about Christ, right? And why he was baptized, which when we were just talking, I thought about how did he even come up with that question? Like, what must he, what must he have been thinking when he was writing? Like people were people thinking like, why, why was Christ baptized? You know, I was just trying to put myself in the mind of Nephi, but it's, it's interesting. But he says, I must speak concerning the doctrine of Christ. Wherefore, this is in verse two, by the way, wherefore I shall speak unto you plainly according to the plainness of my prophesying. And he says, for my soul delighteth in plainness. And I think it's the plainness. It's just so we can understand. Right. And that's what you were talking about. Elder Bullock is, the plainness and the understanding of men that they will all know exactly what he's saying by the spirit and the spirit does that. So I think the way that it's like the whole gospel is meant to be plain. I feel like and simple for everyone to understand that even a child can understand it. And so the fact that he sets it up that way, like, look, don't make this harder than it is. Like, it's just very simple. <laughs> So I don't know. Those are kind of my thoughts on the first few verses. Unless anyone has anything they want to add to it. Any thoughts? Um, I think it's interesting that it uses um, doctrine of Christ back in verse verse 2. Yeah. Um, because, like, obviously a lot of stuff that Christ taught in the New Testament, revelations to Joseph Smith, even in the Book of Mormon, like, you could you could say all of that's, doctrines of christ right but it's like very singular in the point that it is doctrine of christ not it's just very singular i guess like going along with being plain like 
it's unchanging. Yeah. We were listening to a talk this morning about that, and Kevin was like, what's your takeaway from the talk? And I was like, doctrine doesn't change. <laughs> like, it's very simple, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't go anywhere, and it's the same. And it's preached the same way to everybody on any part of the earth at any time, right? Right. So. Yeah, on my mission, it was kind of we defined what doctrine was as things that are are 100% specific or relevant to your salvation, your personal salvation. Mm -hmm. So yes, there are doctrines that you know you could like dig deep into mm -hmm. um, things that um, are more you know I guess succinctly called like deep doctrine, things like that. But the doctrine of Christ and the doctrine that we teach in the church are things that are that's actually going to make a difference. Like if you if you come to know that it's true, if you live by it, you're going to return to live with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. You know, um, so I think that like I think that boils it down. That boils down what the doctrine of Christ really means. Yeah, something I like, too, um, even just in the beginning of the chapter, is how Nephi's talking, and he mentions how he must speak. Um, and the rest of the chapter is talking about, you know, baptism and coming unto Christ. And something that I like about that is it shows how much Nephi loves everybody. Um, and that's a perfect example of what God does. God loves all of us and so Nephi doesn't know everybody he's talking to but regardless of who they are he still wants them to come to Christ be baptized um, mm -hmm. and you know learn more about the gospel and the plainness of it so they can have a better life true yeah and when he says he must speak it's like he's compelled to speak because he knows the the great importance mm-hmm it's like his father said, you know, how great the importance uh, to make these things known unto the inhabitants of the earth, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and he's, he's all about it. He wrote uh, multiple books all about it. <laughs> so, and yeah, I thought it was cool that, you know, Nephi does say that the, the Lord, he speaks unto men according to their language and unto their understanding and uh i mean all also <laughs> i'm not gonna say that uh when i served in idaho i didn't sometimes feel like we were having to learn a little bit new uh language to talk to the people there right sometimes they, they said some things i was like what i, I picked up on a few <laughs> little words that they i think created up there but um all three of y'all right i mean uh, Portuguese and then Spanish, mm -hmm. right? I mean, we we understand as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that we've got to take it to people in their own language. We're not going to try and just, we're going to stick to English as the only language or furthermore, you know, it's not the, I mean, Joseph Smith received a record in, you know, uh, ancient Egyptian right? Mm -hmm. uh, reformed Egyptian. And it was given unto him 
in English so that he could understand it and the people at his time could understand it. So the Lord's going to do whatever he has to do to, to speak unto men in their own language and then furthermore to their own understanding. So right. I like that too. So if I can, I want to read verses five and six. Like I want to read them and then talk about them. Okay. okay. Okay, it says in five, it says, And now, if the Lamb of God, he being holy, should have need to be baptized by water to fulfill all righteousness, oh, then how much more need have we, being unholy, to be baptized, yea, even by water? And now I would ask of you, my beloved brethren, wherein, wherein the Lamb of God did fulfill all righteousness in being baptized by water. So this is one of those verses that you can... Um, find like the Book of Mormon and the Bible support each other because in verse six, when it talks about fulfilling all righteousness, you can actually link that to Matthew three uh, verses 14 through 15, specifically 15 when uh, Christ is coming into John the Baptist and Jesus answers him and says, suffer it to be so now for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And so we find that connection, like that the Book of Mormon, this is just another testimony to me that the Book of Mormon supports the Bible and the Bible supports the Book of Mormon. They run together and they clarify the true doctrine of Christ, right? Which is starting with, you know, faith and repentance and baptism and things like that. But the fulfill all righteousness, I was talking to you guys about this earlier. Um, I feel like I study this over and over in my life. Like I see that phrase and I'm like, what does that mean again? And then I go back and relearn it. But, you know, it's because we're human. But I think that fulfill all righteousness, I found um, a lesson from an institute manual of Jesus Christ in the everlasting gospel. Um, it says, I'm going to read this little quote. If if we had someone like a recording, I'd put the recording in the podcast, but you're going to have to listen to my voice. <laughs> but it says, Jesus Christ lived a perfect life by submitting to Heavenly Father's, Heavenly Father's will in all things. Modern prophets have testified, though sinless, Jesus Christ was baptized to fulfill all righteousness. Like the Savior, we fulfill all righteousness when we submit to the ordinances and covenants of the everlasting gospel. And so to me... I just think that fulfilling all righteousness means being obedient to the will of the Lord. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ did was he, he, we read it. He didn't need to be baptized because he was already holy, but he did it because he was obedient and obedience is like the first law of heaven. Right. So it's important that we, we understand that and he set the example for us. And so I, I love that. Those two verses. Yeah. Something that you mention and, and it, just hit me that Jesus Christ, he didn't like try to rationalize as to why he didn't need to be baptized. Because mm. that's like what the natural man would probably do in a situation like that. It's like, well, I mean, I've never sinned. So I don't really need this whole baptism thing. Right. Can I like not do it? Not not a huge deal. Like not something to fight against. Right. I mean, you're just getting dumped. Right. <laughs> But no, I'm, 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 I mean, I'm just being, I'm getting, being kind of funny, but the natural man would rationalize that I don't have to go exactly like word by word for word, what needs to happen as long as I'm doing, you know, what I have to do, but he was perfectly obedient his whole life. And this is an example that he set for us right. to be perfectly obedient unto his father. 
And I think the following verses seven through nine show that, what that looks yeah. like, like 100%. So. Any thoughts, elders? Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was interesting too that you mentioned the natural man because I always think it's very similar to that mm -hmm. and um, how Christ just did it. And it mentions uh, a lot of the scriptures too, how humble he is too. And mm -hmm. one of the things we to overcome especially to change is humility right. and recognizing that we are perfect um, and we need help in Christ in our life. And so recognizing that and then recognizing also that baptism is a good thing and here to help us to become more like Christ um, will only help you in your life, I guess. So, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, I was looking for a scripture, but I wasn't able to find it. Um, and in verse 7, when it talks about um, how he humbled himself before the Father, um, and he was obedient unto him in keeping his commandments, it made me kind of think of the scripture which I was looking for, talking about how Christ only does the things that he's seen like the Father do. Mm. Um, and it kind of it kind of showed me that Heavenly Father is like the perfect example as well. Um, perfect example of obedience because that's where we are going to live and we are going to have to follow His His commandments um, even then, right? Um, and so it just impressed upon me like the, the example that Heavenly Father is because if Jesus followed His example in such simple things that... He, he doesn't need, right? right? Like technically wouldn't need. Um, it it just was really eye-opening about that little side note, I guess. Yeah. No, I, I really like that. Um, it, it also goes back to what you shared prior to us hitting record about the Joseph Smith quote about, you know, that the, the baptism of water is really just half of the baptism. If you want to share that, I have a little bit of something to share yeah, on top of that. Let's see. Um, the quote's by Joseph Smith, and it says, You might as well baptize a bag of sand as a man, if not done in view of the remission of sins and getting of the Holy Ghost. Baptism by water is but half a baptism and is good for nothing without the other half. That is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so in verse 8 in the chapter 31 Wherefore, after he was baptized with water, the Holy Ghost descended upon him in the form of a dove. Now that, that verse, I believe, does a few things. One is that it, it creates that strong tie between the biblical record mm. in the New Testament, which yeah. you talked about, Shell. It shows the, the obedience, right? But it also shows God's law, God the Father's law, that, you know, it wasn't enough that Christ live a sinless life. It was commanded that all men be baptized, yea, even by water, mm -hmm. right? And so he was baptized by water, and then he received the Holy Ghost, which is also a prerequisite to living in heaven, right? Mm -hmm. And um, in verse 9, and again, it showeth unto the children of men the straightness of the path, the narrowness of the gate by which they should enter, 
he, being Jesus Christ, having set the example before them. And so, and we talked briefly about this gate, and it says narrowness of the gate. If that gate is to be considered baptism, right? And that's just like, that's the initial thing. That's the first thing you do before you even get onto the covenant path. I, I kind of see it as like, um, I'm sure most of y'all are on hiking, right? I know we we hike a lot. There's all, like, you drive up to where you're going to hike. And there's like, I guess, a parking lot. And maybe there's like, um, there's like maybe a pre-trail to the trail, right? But then there's like, it really starts. And there's that kind of preparatory area where you kind of like, you're getting everything ready. You're making sure you got uh, got your, your phone if you need it. Um, you've got water, things like that. <laughs> and so I don't know why I laugh, I but I, I, I think like, I, there's no inside joke well, there. no, but <laughs> I thought to my, I just thought about baptism. Oh, <laughs> I, like, I see. I, I see. <laughs> I was like, there's no joke here. I don't know. But, um, you know, it doesn't mean that your intention isn't to like get on the trail and start walking down the path, but you're, you're not on it yet. You, you have the option of like kind of quitting, kind of heading back home, calling it quits, so to speak. And then once you get through that gate and it is very specific. So now this is kind of a funny thing. A couple months back, Shelby and I went to a new hiking spot. It's like a local trail and we parked and we kind of looked around. It wasn't obvious where the trail began. And I saw this little sort of like game trail going down. Like it was obviously not the trail, but I was like, we might as well just go down here and it'll probably like take us to somewhere. Right. It'll take us somewhere. And, and it probably would have, to be honest, but I'm not going to like, I'm not going <laughs> to, there's no disputations here. <laughs> But I was okay with just going down that trail, even though I didn't know exactly where no it was trail. going. It was rubbish all around. <laughs> there was no trail. It was like a little game trail, guys. Okay. <laughs> so anyway. the, the reason that I bring it up is that there was, a, there was a proper way of getting on that trail. And when we were on the real trail, it was awesome. It took us exactly where the nice like scenery was. Um, it was safe. Right. It was designed to take you all the way up through this mountain. It was like, and it's a North Texas mountain. So <laughs> be, be, you know, be kind, but it was, you know, it takes you up like this little incline, but there's only one way to get on that trail. Right. And so likewise, the narrowness of the gate, the straightness of the path um, to eternal life, you know, Jesus Christ, he he did very specific things in his life and his moral life uh, to show us the way. So and then, of course, verse 10 starts with, you know, follow thou me. What is it? What does it mean to you elders to follow Jesus Christ? I know that's like, whoa, what a question. But just one at a time. What does it mean? Um. For me, it just kind of means follow his example, kind of. Um, it also made me think of, like, the scripture that talks about how every man has to carry his own cross or his own burden, right? Um, we all have to 
go through this life and and face our own trials. Um, but during that, we have to use our agency wisely so that then we become um, more like Christ. There's a lot of moments in our life that we could be like, oh, this is too hard, and then quit. Um, and that's not following Christ. Um, Christ wouldn't wouldn't quit. He 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 suffered the atonement, which was the hardest thing um, ever done. And I feel like I feel like following Christ is is doing hard things for one, and then growing out of them, um, growing to be more, so then we become more like Him. Yeah. Um, for me, it's obviously similar because you know it's following him so um, one of the things that I observe to do is we study a lot about him his example everything um, and so then the next step would be action Let's put it into action and you can do that every single day the moment you wake up to the moment you bed um, and so the one thing I do a lot is use judgment um, something he reiterates a lot in the scriptures too is use judgment because not every situation is not one right answer for every situation. And so what God would do, you know, is he follows the spirit and um, assesses every situation with the proper needs it does. And so that's one of the ways I believe following him is, um, is using proper judgment put into action every day rather than just reading about it. Yeah. Um, I like both of those answers. And while you guys were talking, I was looking at verse 12, the end of it. He says, wherefore, follow me and do the things which you have seen me do. And he couldn't have said that had he not like been baptized and did the things right that he, want, that he wants us to do. And then he goes into... Um, and this was something I learned on my mission, like was intent, like intent of someone's heart. And it says, and I'm going to tie it in here. It says in 13, my beloved brother, and I know that if you shall follow the son, like he invited us to do with full purpose of heart, acting in no hypocrisy um, and no deception before God, but with real intent, repenting of your sins, witnessing unto the father that you're willing to take upon you the name of Christ by baptism. Yea, by following your Lord and your Savior down in the water, according to his word, behold, then shall you receive the Holy Ghost. And then cometh the baptism of fire, which we've talked about, and the Holy Ghost. And then can ye speak with the tongue of angels and shout praises unto the Holy One of Israel. In other words, what this verse means to me is that as you have real intent and full purpose of heart in I think that includes your mind too, like choosing, preparing your mind to choose Christ, which they talked about in this last conference, but that then you'll feel that, that joy at the end there. Like you'll speak with the tongue of angels and you'll shout praises unto the Holy One of Israel. And that's where the true happiness and joy comes in from following that narrow path, right? Like entering into the gate, repenting and having intent to follow Christ, no matter what you would do. I think that's where that phrase comes, like, what would Jesus do? <laughs> Because you really want to follow what Christ would do in, in any situation. And sometimes I ask myself that. If the Savior were here, what would he do? 
And I think Kev, that's why I was so concerned about, this is a side note, we came in from church today in, in our apartment complex and there was a girl sitting out there. I think I was concerned about her. She, she seemed like she was crying and then we kind of heard a scream later and we were like, I don't know, she seemed very distraught, but I thought to myself, like, what would Christ do? And I kept bringing her up and I didn't really know. I mean, he probably would have talked to her, but I didn't act on that prompting. But, and I, we're, I'm not perfect, right? Like, we're going to make mistakes on this straight and narrow path, but that's why we repent and we get better. And so I think that's why I'm so concerned about her because I was like, what would Christ be doing right now? If, <laughs> if he were here, would he talk to her? Would he give her water? Like, I don't know. So it's just very our intents and our minds and everything, we should be focused on following him and continually following him. And when we make mistakes, repenting and doing better the next day and the next time. So. What's also interesting is in that verse is the word willing. Mm. And it's, this is sort of interesting because recent last week I was thinking about something sort of interesting to me is how often people have to have reminders to, be kind <laughs> and it sounds funny but it's honestly true i've seen it like people will put on their phones be kind or be patient you know what i mean right do it all the time and so i thought this was sort of funny because i'm like why do we have to remind ourselves to be kind because we're naturally mean you know what i mean so um but I think it's just overcoming the natural man, exactly like what you guys said. And so um, it's not easy. And so I think, you know, it's, you know obviously those reminders and to overcome the natural man. And eventually get right. to the point where you're able to just naturally be kind and have to think about it. And the spirit that you get from being baptized is what helps remind you, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's there to Most be definitely. like nudge you in the right direction. Well, she helps something that I wrote in my margins was um, next to speak with the tongue of angels uh, or, and rather also like then come at the baptism of fire after the baptism of water is that baptism really is just the beginning. Like, again, it's the gate that precedes the straight and narrow path, um, which leads to eternal life. And, you know, that's, I mean, I remember, very distinctly when I was being taught by the missionaries that as we were reading through these verses, they, they like heavily uh, dwelt on that imagery of a gate and, and um, likening it unto baptism because at the time I hadn't, I hadn't accepted a, a commitment to be baptized yet. And then I, at the end of that lesson, I did accept a soft, invite a soft baptismal day and um spoiler alert i got baptized right <laughs> so but uh and, and that's always made me it, it it does two things when i i go back or when i reflect on that 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 idea of baptism being the gate is that one i'm all in like we as baptized members of the church we're 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 all in now. Um, thanks to the ordinance of the sacrament, let's say throughout the week, we are stumbling along that path and we roll into some sh shrubbery 
and get scratched up or, you know, we get mm. mauled by a bear oh, or something geez. like that. <laughs> okay. By a, a like, like a bear sin, like a sinful bear, right? Um, we have the sacrament to, to reset us on right. the path and we're still, we'll, we're still all in. We're still ready to, to do all the things that we need to do. Um, you know, we, we hear a lot about, I don't know, in the last, at least the last two conferences, things came up kind of like addressing people who maybe were considering taking their names off the records or, um, or people who had and things like that. And, you know, I, I don't know those people's specific, you know, trials and, and concerns, though I just think of it as like, um, no matter how, how much you're struggling with something, um, that's like, that's coming like out of the waters of baptism, but in reverse almost, right? Because then you got to go through it all again. You've got to go, and and it's not as easy as the first time. You don't just go and say, "Hey, elders, teach me the lessons. I want to get baptized again." Like, there's a whole new, there's there's a lot of weight behind that decision, and so I don't know that that also came to my mind when I was reading this chapter as well. That yes, it's the beginning, but please don't take it for granted that it happened when you were eight or it happened many years ago and you progressed so far, like it was still a huge deal. It's so important. So in verse, I agree with you, by the way, <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> sorry, I felt like I didn't transition very well there, but I feel like the rest of the chapter and I'm not trying to clump it up or anything, but talks about what do we do after we get on that path? Like we have to endure and, but in 14, it talks about uh, like after you've repented and witnessed unto the father by being baptized and having the Holy ghost. Um, and it basically says, and after you've done all this should, and you should deny me or I'm not quoting it. Right. It says, yeah, even with the tongue of angels and after this should deny me, so basically in plain terms, if you deny me, it would have been better for you that you had not known me. And recently I've related to the scripture so much more um, because I've had, you know, someone who I love just kind of completely question a lot of the things that they've, they've been taught or that they've grown up knowing or known at some point. And it made me feel really sad inside when I was hearing these concerns. And I understood the scripture a lot more because I thought, man, I'd be a lot less sad if they hadn't known and then denied, <laughs> you know. And I just felt really related, relating to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ here that once we're in, like we're all in and commit to him. Because if we if we turn back and, and forget all these things. He doesn't want that. That's like the last thing he wants because it makes him so sad inside. Right. And so as and I like the way that's set up because it transitions from, you know, entering into the path and then, hey, like once you enter in, like stay strong. And then it goes into the rest of the chapter talking about enduring and um, 
following the example of our Savior Jesus Christ and after you intern, is that all you do? No, like there's more to it. Like we keep and we we keep moving on the path and witnessing and repenting. And so um and that's what our Heavenly Father wants us to do. And, and it makes him sad when we don't. And I know, I know that to be true because I, I like felt it. I felt a little bit of what Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ feel when we don't follow him in that moment when I was talking to um a person that I love a lot. And so it just he really wants us to follow him and endure and he is there rooting for us. And that's why he sends a spirit to help us endure. And so, and I'm not talking about Kevin. I do love him. <laughs> so it wasn't Kevin. So just to make that clear. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I really like the concept of like enduring to the end. And I think it's extremely important and really, really heavily emphasized, especially in this chapter. Um, because in verse 15, um, it says, and I heard a voice from the Father saying, yea, the words of my beloved are true and faithful. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. And um, this is one of the few moments in scripture where it's a direct quote from Heavenly Father. Um, and the words that he say are, he's testifying of what Jesus has just said. And then he says, endure to the end. Um and I find that super, super powerful because it's coming directly from Heavenly Father. Um, and those are the words that he chooses to, to use. Um, and a lot of people don't end up enduring to the end. They, it's kind of like what Kevin was talking about in the, in the last general conference. There was multiple talks that talked about, like, you can't be in the middle anymore. Like, mm -hmm. you're all in or get out <laughs> like in in nicer words but like there there's no way to be in the middle anymore because um you can't have a testimony built off of worldly reasons anymore right. um the world's the world's version of things has become so strongly against the the views of the gospel of jesus christ that you physically can't um, have a foot in the world and a foot in the church. Um, and I, I think that that's, that was a really cool thing that I noticed from that chapter and especially that verse. I like that insight. I never thought about it like that. <laughs> Any other thoughts? <laughs> so Shel, something that you mentioned or that you, you quoted uh, from later on in the in this chapter, in verse 19 specifically. It says, And now, my beloved brethren, after you have gotten into this straight and narrow path, um, once you've been baptized, confirmed member of the church, um, I would ask if all is done. And he says, Behold, I say unto you, Nay, for you have not come thus far, save it were by the word of Christ, with unshaken faith in him, relying wholly upon the merits of him who's mighty to save. So apparently, you know, just being baptized, confirmed, now you're on the, the church records, even you could extend that to going through the temple, being sealed to your sweetheart, right? Um, and asking is all is done. And, and the answer is no, because up to that point, all you've been doing, uh, according to Nephi, at least, 
is relying upon the merits of Jesus Christ, who is made all of it possible. You still have work to do, and that work is enduring to the end, right? So what I wanted to ask you elders is, and, um, and you know, Elder Bullock, you've, you've only been out for a couple months, right? Um, have you, have you uh, been to a, a baptismal service yet? Uh, one, it was actually yesterday. Awesome. It wasn't ours. It wasn't ours. Well, sure. No, no, no. Um, The reason that I ask is that now that that person's baptized, what are the, what's the job of the missionaries? (laughs) Do you know Elder Bullock? I do. Um, We are supposed to invite others to come to Christ and help them um, get on that path to follow on Christ and obtain the happiness. And and once they're on that path, like you were saying, we we obviously go through the lessons again with them to make sure that they they receive more revelation because now they have the, the gift of the Holy Ghost with them. And so when we go through and teach them again, they might learn things or notice things that they didn't notice before. Yeah, notice before. Yeah. Um and we're just there to kind of make sure that they they fit into the ward good, make sure that the ward members are kind of opening um, up to them. And then, and then normally after that, one of us gets transferred. Right? <laughs> yeah, so, it, I mean, really important that, that that investigator who is now a recent convert, um, they don't fall into relying wholly upon the merits of their missionaries. Exactly. <laughs> right. Especially down in Columbia, that was a big problem. Um, because like the missionaries would call them in the morning and be like, Hey, like, let's go to church. And then they'd be like, Oh, okay, let's go. But then when, when that missionary has gone, like you, you can't really do anything. Um, but yeah, it's, it's for sure all about having them, um, gain their own testimony so that then they don't become reliant on us. Like it, it's good in the beginning because Everyone right. does it, even though right. like, yeah. the kids in the church. Oh, for sure. But, but then true. eventually, the it's like a chick leaving the nest. It's it's so funny um, because when I when I was baptized, I thought I was like independent and self <laughs> self sufficient because I thought I was like making the decision to go to church all the time. But it's because I had some like rock solid fellowshippers who, you know, all I had to do was um, it was agreed upon that they were going to come pick me up. I didn't have to call them the night before and be like, Hey, uh, brother Grange, are you coming to pick me up? Okay. Thanks. Okay. I'll see you. You know, at you know, this time in the morning. No, like I just took it for granted and they were there every single Sunday morning. And that's awesome. It's about a year later that uh, they, they moved. They moved uh, down to Dallas from Plano to Dallas. So they weren't there anymore. And, um, you know, I kind of talked to the bishop. I was like, oh, you know, do you know anybody who can give me a ride? And he was like, oh, you know, brother so-and-so could probably do it. And so I called brother. Actually, I talked to brother so-and-so that same day. I'm like, I'm just going to get this done. I'm going to go talk to him and tell him, like, hey, would you mind picking me up on Sundays for church? 
And the first Sunday he picked me up and the next Sunday I didn't call him. I didn't do anything. I just thought that he would know that this was the new thing. Like this is what I needed him to do. And I'm like sitting there like five minutes before sacrament meeting starts <laughs> in my suit and tie, just waiting on brother so-and-so. Right. And so the only reason I bring it up is because it's kind of, it's kind of a funny story, but at the same time, you know, we all need to be, we need to be self-sufficient. And if we do need that, that ride to church, if we need, do need help, we need to be quick to ask for mm -hmm. it, quick to act on it. And, you know, I think, um, man, it just, it, it, that like bleeds into every single facet of our spiritual endeavors. Um, you know, repentance, not waiting around to be, um, be chastised, but like, just get it done. Like take care of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, th those, that's, that's what was coming to my mind. Like a lot when we were talking about these few verses, where do we go from here? I just have a, a closing thought, most likely. Okay. Then preach my gospel under endure to the end. It says faith in Christ, repentance, making, renewing, and keeping keeping covenants, and being cleansed by the Spirit become a pattern of living. And then it says our actions in daily life are shaped and governed by these principles. And so, really, once we enter into the path and we're baptized and we, you know, continue make covenants and renew covenants by taking the sacrament, we're literally creating a pattern of living for our life. Um, and that pattern of living is what gets us to eternal life with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And so you need people to support you along the way. You need to ask for help. You need to humble yourself like you talked about earlier. And you need to repent because that's the only way you're going to get there. And um, man, we got to be humble and we got to be willing, willing, you know, what everything Elder Bullock said earlier to follow our Savior, Jesus Christ. So. That's just my closing thoughts there. It's, it's, a, it's a pattern that we make for ourselves. And it's a, it's a simple pattern, but sometimes it's so hard to do because it is so simple. <laughs> but, you know, just like little things like reading your scriptures, it's really easy to pull out a book and read, but we get distracted by so many other things. So, yeah, I, just, I know that it's very simple to follow and we just, we just have to do it. Just got to act. <laughs> awesome. Concluding thoughts, Elder Bullock, what concluding thoughts about this chapter or something that you didn't get to share yet? Um, I, the last thing I was thinking on was just had to do with enduring the end, like we mentioned earlier, um, in keeping a perfect hope and love of Christ. Um, so it's sort of what I mentioned earlier. Um, how we implement, you know, judging and everything is, you know, having that perfect hope and love of Christ. Um, you mentioned earlier too how uh, when you are keeping the commandments that the Spirit will direct you. Mm -hmm. And when you have that perfect hope, um, faith, hope, and charity, you know, those are all connected. When, you know, you need to have hope and to have faith. So when you have those two, they can work together and you can have the spirit and the, between those three things, you're able to accomplish, you know, God's will and having a love for everybody. 
So, yeah. Awesome. Um, first off, I just want to say thanks for having us over to do this. This is awesome. Um, we really, we really enjoy getting to do this. Um, and my final thoughts about the chapter um, is in verse 20 when it talks about you shall have eternal life. Um, and I just like that because it kind of shows like the journey that we have here in this life um, that we're here to, to follow God's commandments, to build our faith, to repent, um, to make mistakes along the way and learn from them. And also to be baptized and receive the Holy Ghost. Um, all, and then finally endure to the end so then we can receive that eternal life. Um, and that that's the end goal there. Um, and I just really love that. And I, and I just love the doctrine of Christ and getting to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Well, you got the Thanks. right job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for a little while longer. Yeah. But, and then... You still, really got, forever. you still got the job. Yeah. yeah you still, your, your purpose doesn't change, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. That was that was what my uh, mission president's wife told me when I was getting on the plane. She said, she gave me a hug because then she could give me a hug, right? Mm-hmm. And she said, your purpose never changes. Um, my concluding thought, um, you know, it's it's at least half of my podcast, right? Uh, the other half is Shelby's. So my my concluding thought, I'm gonna I'm gonna share something that I thought about a lot throughout this week. Um, in verse 21, I want to read it. Uh, just in closing, and it's of course the last verse of the chapter. And now, my beloved, or excuse me, now behold, my beloved brethren, this is the way, and there is none other way nor name given under heaven, whereby man can be saved in the kingdom of God. And now, behold, this is the doctrine of Christ, and the only and true doctrine of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, which is one God, without end. Amen. And um, I immediately highlighted, as soon as I got to those words, I highlighted, this is the way. And Shelby might know where I'm going with this, okay? Um, oh, you're funny. I'm allowed, like, one uh, reference to Miyamoto Musashi, like, every 10 or 15 episodes. So Miyamoto Musashi was a Japanese martial artist. Like, uh, he was a a duelist. He he also did a lot of like he got really into politics later in life after he was done like running around the country being a, a crazy guy, right? Fighting people uh in like near death duels and sometimes to the death. Um and he never lost a duel is like his claim to to fame, I guess you could say. And as a as a character or maybe even a caricature, he's he's like one of the most um, popular characters. He's a nonfiction character, but he's put into a lot of like comic books in Japan and stuff like that because he's like such a stud. And so, and he he wrote a 
book called basically like the way and it talked about all the things that keeps that that keep you on the quote-unquote path to the path to victory the path to success and of course there's been um a lot of people have taken it into like the business world like sphere of like success in business and these principles are applicable i've always said that the gospel of jesus christ is one of the greatest personal development programs on earth right it it focuses on your weaknesses and um and then it also focuses on a god who is perfect and who um who made the ultimate sacrifice so that you can like become like him right and so there's it's really a limitless potential type thing and uh i know that that jesus christ is the way um all throughout my life uh i just i've kept coming back to like a, an essential truth and when i when i focus on the lord jesus christ and i do the things that he's commanded us to do everything else in life just starts to fall into place but whenever i i do I try to find my own way and like, well, how can I work around, you know, how can I work around my own problems and, and, or maybe like hide my own problems, you know, get caught up in my pride. Um, it's very short lived, any success that I find it's very short lived. Um, and so that's how I've come to know that, uh, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is true. And it's also how I've come to know that, the Book of Mormon is true. Yeah. And uh, say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, that's it. That's all we got. <laughs> yeah. Next week, we're going to be going into chapter 32 of Second Nephi. Possibly, actually, possibly 32 and 33. Just getting getting it done. Because 32, uh, I believe verses. it's only nine verses. Um, so we'll probably... Combine the yeah, two and get it done. And then we'll get into Jacob. I can't wait. Excited. The whole year in the Nephi's. <laughs> yeah. Um, and elders, like I want to, I want to thank you too for taking the time to come and, and be guests on the podcast and and contribute to like my vision for the podcast, right? Absolutely. He has a big vision. Thank you. Yeah. So I do appreciate that. Um, I guess, uh, yeah, if there's nothing else to share, we'll close it out. Yeah, we'll see everyone next week on episode 55. Right? That's right. Yeah. All right, y'all. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.